Hello, friends. Carrie Holton here. Before we get into the content of this week's podcast on assessing church health and growth, please let me say this brief word. Our ministry, the Effective Church Leaders Ministry, is all about helping you church leaders find answers to your questions so that you can become more informed, more confident, and more effective church leaders. But really, our mission is about more than helping you become more confident and effective in your service to the Lord. We want to help you become the leader you need to be so that God can grow his church. We want to help you introduce people to Jesus and help them grow spiritually. We want to give you the support you need to carry out your mission to make and grow followers of Jesus. Why? Because the world desperately needs what you are doing. We want you to know that we are here to help you fulfill your calling We are here to support you. We have your back, and we believe that every church and ministry leader deserves access to the support that will help them carry out their responsibilities. So, with that in mind, let me encourage you to sign up for Effective Church Leaders University. This online university will give church leaders an all-access pass to our flagship course, the Effective Church Leaders Workshop, a six-hour video course that teaches leaders how they may strengthen their leadership teams, all mini-courses beginning with Leader on a Mission and How to Be an Emotionally Healthy Spiritual Leader, all field guides, brief manuals on how to do all kinds of ministry in the church and in church leadership, and four will be available from day one with more to come, How to Make Decisions, Bless, B-L-E-S-S, How to Lead More Effective Meetings and Steps to Becoming More Like Jesus, and access to periodic Q&As with Becky, myself, and special guests. So here's your next step. Go to EffectiveChurchLeaders.com and enroll in Effective Church Leaders University. Sign up today. Welcome, friends and church leaders, to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. And today we are talking about tracking church health and growth. We're your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton. That's right, babe. In our last podcast, we talked about the why. Some of the reasons church leaders should be tracking certain numbers that measure a church's health and growth. We talked about, well, the fact that people matter to God and that if they matter to us, we should try to track their spiritual growth. Yes. We mentioned that monitoring church health can provide early warning signs that something needs attention and that it helps provide a foundation for our future planning and that it's just good stewardship. Right, right. And we said that tracking helps to develop a shared perspective or it or it helps to align everyone on the same page in the same direction the church wants to pursue. We even said that measuring church health is essential to the health and growth of the church because tracking certain measurements, well, it tells church leaders the areas that need improvement or the mid-course changes, you know, that may have to be made. Um, Right. And, you know, as we said, most churches do track certain metrics. Right. They tend to track, what, attendance, Remember yes. those numbers boards that are often posted at the front of the of the auditorium? Oh, man, those things were made out of solid mahogany. Yeah, they were beautiful, weren't they? They were. <laughs> and, you know, uh, churches tend to track weekly contributions. Right. And some churches tend to track baptisms. Well, we are going to explain that while tracking those numbers is good, it's just not enough. Not enough. Mm-hmm. 
Would you care to explain for our listeners why we feel it is not enough to track those numbers? Yeah, let's let's start into this conversation because I believe you're right. It is good to track those numbers, but just tracking those numbers alone, they may not tell church leaders much about the health and the growth of the church. And those are two really important concepts. For example, take contribution numbers. Many of the churches we track show that giving even during the pandemic, um, a lot of them remained fairly healthy, didn't they? But is this a sign of health and growth? Well, it may not be. This is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but a high per capita giving statistic, it may not be a sign of growth. Hmm. I know. You know, a church might have many mature Christians who give generously and have they have for years, which would keep the church's bank account full. But they may not have many newer, younger Christians in the church, and those new Christians um, more than likely may not give much when they first decide to follow Jesus. They, they may need to learn how to grow in the gift of giving. Exactly, and you're right. It does sound counterintuitive. It does. I mean, we want people to be generous givers. Yes. Uh, we want them to grow in the grace of giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, be, not only because of what that does for the kingdom, but what it does for them. But we are saying that the lower the per capita giving, the better. Boy, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Does, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> well, what we're saying is that there are two sides to the contribution coin. A high per capita giving number shows generous givers. Mm-hmm. But it may also show, as you said, that there are not many new Christians who have learned to give generously. So... The contributions may not be an accurate way of assessing a church's health. May not give the whole picture. Right. Right. So what we're saying is we think church leaders need to find a way to measure the health of their church in all phases of spiritual growth, if you will. We tend to measure attendance and contributions, but those numbers, they're just only going to measure what is happening in maybe one or two phases of church health and not measure some other really important areas. Right, right. Here's what we do mean by all of the phases of spiritual growth. Let's think of the journey that people are on, their journey toward God. Let's think of five different phases. We might say the first phase is just complete disinterest in God or the church or spiritual things. And surely, aren't we interested in reaching people for the Lord who at this time might be completely disinterested? Absolutely we are. So the question is, how are we going to measure if or whether or not we are making inroads into this group of disinterested people? Great point. We will probably need to use some kind of digital measurement. That is, we want to produce digital content for the church's website that will attract disinterested people, that will encourage disinterested people to consider the difference that God can make in their lives. Right. And by the way, some churches are beginning to track the number of views to content on their website. You know, for example, they track the number of people who may be viewing their worship services online, but it would be a mistake to focus on views. Views matter because people matter, but views are 
way less valuable than engagement. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in the physical church, people engage the church when they get involved like in the mission of the church, they start uh, they start attending, or they start giving, or they start practicing spiritual disciplines, or they, you know, they invite their friends to come to a weekend service. In the new digital church, engagement's still the key. Church leaders really need to give some thought to how they might engage people online which is a whole new way of thinking. I like that. And you're right. It's a whole new way of thinking. It is. It's mind-bending and in we, some ways. We need to find ways to mm-hmm. measure engagement online. They're there. So how do we engage? Well, let me offer a few ideas. Okay. Uh, church leaders, get your viewers to leave comments. Good. Have your ministry team respond to comments in order to build relationships with those who might at the time be disinterested. Mm. Get viewers to fill out a digital welcome card and follow up with them personally. Capture email addresses and therefore build a more personal relationship after capturing those email addresses. Challenge people to do something in response to a message or to your church's digital content rather than just watching something on their screens. Encourage people to start asking questions, even digitally. Right. I think the goal of online ministry should be not just provide something for people to watch, but to help viewers become engagers. That's right. So look for ways to track digital engagement with those who are present and may still be disinterested in the gospel, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is new for us. I mean, we, you know, we felt we felt really good if we had people viewing, but let's let's bump it up. And a second group I think we might want to talk about tracking might be those who are spiritually curious. Okay. Um, these might be first or second time guests to the weekend assemblies. Church churches track attendance and they often find ways to track the attendees uh, the you know the attendance of members and how much they come but maybe with a card on the back of a pew or some other way they're going to track that but what are churches doing to track their guests and their attendance patterns i think that's a good question not only should we be tracking members and their attendance but guests we might need to upgrade some of the ways we track our members these days we might need to change that up a little bit, but I think we're pretty good at figuring out how to do that. But what are the patterns of guests that are coming? In fact, you know, I think there's a whole lot of change in patterns that we're going to have to look at as far as attendance goes anyway. Do you remember when we used to pull tees out, golf tees, out of a board in the foyer? Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. walked in as a member, you'd pull your tee out and put it in this tray. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of an outmoded way of... Yep. Of measuring or keeping track of members. Well, it was kind of like the Cracker Barrel way of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Cracker Barrel way of checking attendance. And, you know, back in the day, back around the time we had electricity, that was a good way to... It was pretty inventive, innovative, you know, to sure. help people say, you know, I remember I was in charge for a few weeks of taking the pegs out for my family. That was, you know, felt pretty good about myself during that time. But I think... We have come a different way and in a different time, and we need to look at how we can do this better, not just for our members, but also our guests. Our guests. Mm-hmm. You know, are they come? Have they been once? Have they been twice? And by the way, this, you know, we're hearing different statistics these days, too, about church membership and, a, and quote unquote faithful attendance. It used to be 
like being there three times out of the month, you know, it start that's starting to look different. And I think we're going to have to look at patterns even of church members. But right now we want to focus on the guests that have come once or twice. Right. Yeah, we've talked about uh, tracking people in these first two phases mm-hmm. of a journey toward God. Tracking those who are disinterested and then tracking those who become more interested, who are curious enough to come and visit once or twice. Don't you think this second group is so key? I oh, mean, I do. Well, they all are, but because we have to we have to somehow encourage them to come in. You know, if they're just watching digitally, we want them to engage somehow and if possible for a physical presence. But we're gonna have people show up that are just curious. Yeah. And what are we gonna do? to make them want to come back and what are we doing when they do come back? I mean, how are we going to track that and, and help them to engage even when they're on the fringes of just curiosity? We're going to have to put on our thinking caps to find a way to track them. It's no longer build it and they will come. Right. Let's talk about a third phase. A third phase to track on the journey toward God is the tracking of new disciples, obviously. And Mm -hmm. here's where tracking baptisms comes into play. But there are other numbers that could be tracked here, like the number of people who don't know Jesus yet, who may be in a Bible study with a Christian friend, or maybe we could track the number of unbelievers who are engaging the church beyond the Sunday assembly. Yeah, how many are um, in small groups? Okay. Attending small groups, mm-hmm. how many are volunteering for service projects in the community along with um, church members? They are becoming disciples. That's it, right. How do you track those who are right. becoming disciples? I mean, if, if no one ain't there, you know, it's an important thing to take notice of. And then the fourth phase might be the spiritual growth of followers of Jesus. Um, and that, that sounds like a little bit of a harder one. How do we do that? But can church leaders really track the spiritual growth of those who have decided to follow Jesus? You know, I think they can. For example, can you know, how can you find a way, church leader, to track worship patterns and frequency of Christians attending? And we just kind of mentioned that. Um, how can you find a way to track volunteers in the ministry of the church? Can you track those who are joining and participating in small groups? Knowing how important Christian friends are to spiritual growth, is there a way to track the development of close Christian friendships? Um, Might there be a way to track how Christians are growing in the practice of prayer and reading and reflecting on Scripture daily and and they're serving those who are in need and, and need support? I mean, those are just some ideas. How can we track that growth process? Good. I think we're just trying to encourage church leaders to just think of the steps that you want people to take in their spiritual maturation and then find a way to track progress along those steps. Right, right. And then the the fifth phase of spiritual growth and engagement, we might we might call Christians becoming disciple makers. Eventually, you know, we want to see followers of Jesus share their faith. So is there a way to measure the number of Christians who are engaging their not yet Christian friends in spiritual conversations? Is there a way to somehow track the number of church members who are really trying to share their faith? I know this is a difficult um, concept to think about, but it's a really, really important one. And by the way, sometimes these phases overlap. Sometimes we have 
brand new Christians who start trying to share their faith. You know, sometimes it's not lockstep, so it might take some creativity for that as well. Yeah, you know, I think the point that we're trying to make here is that there are metrics that church leaders can track in all phases of a person's journey to God. Right. And and another point we're making is we need to start tracking movement way before baptism. That's right. That's right. You know, honey, a lot of church leaders are worried right now that the faces they used to see before the pandemic are not returning, and they are more concerned with the old faces. I have that in quotation marks, by the way. The old, they're more concerned about the old faces than the new faces who might show up. I'm a little disturbed you're looking at me and you keep saying <laughs> old faces over there. Well, what I want to say just here is that perhaps we should focus as much on engaging the new faces as we are concerned for the old faces. True, true. People, after all, have experienced challenges and disruptions in their lives. They're looking for help. And perhaps we need to think about how to reach those we have yet to meet, how to engage those who may have been disinterested or who are now only curious. And those are the engagements that we need to track. Right, as well as the return of our old faces. That's right. <laughs> well, good. you have any other closing thoughts? Of course you do. Sure. Well, you know, we've been talking about assessing and tracking church health and growth. But I think the first step church leaders really need to take is to understand what success looks like for their church. Mm. Do you know, church leader, what success looks like for your church? What are your goals? Do you have a vision for the future? There needs to be clarity on organizational goals, whether they are quarterly goals or annual goals or five-year goals. What are the results that you are looking for? Then, and only then, can you find ways to track progress toward those goals? Right, and again, the key question would be, what are you measuring? Hopefully, you'll be measuring the progress that people are making in their in their journey toward God, because it's all about people taking their next steps to God and spiritual maturity. That's just so important, because I know we know you would agree that simply drawing crowds or building a building is not what Jesus died and rose again to achieve. He wants to see followers made and grown, and somehow that's what we need to track in order to assess the health and growth of the church right. if we're following um, the reason Jesus died and rose again. Right. Well, listeners, that will do it for today. Thanks again for joining us, friends. And just to remind you, go right now to EffectiveChurchLeaders.com and get more information on Effective Church Leaders University. You will find support there that will help you to become a more effective leader Plan to join us next week for another episode of this podcast, a podcast that is absolutely devoted to helping you fulfill your calling.